the podcast conversations happen every day don't they how are you doing is everything okay passing comments but it's really really tough sometimes to have the conversations that need to be had in this episode I delve into why difficult conversations are really important not only for your personal growth but also to change the way that you have been communicating into a better and brighter future for you your family and just everyone around you year where I have got a lot of students receiving their mock exam grades and honestly for some it's a bit of both situations going on there is a bit of both situations going on firstly you've got the kids that have done really really well and are really happy with what they've done and I do worry about that because I worry that they're not going to push themselves hard into like a harder kind of way and improve their overall vision the other category of kids and teenager that I have is the category that they just haven't done very well. And there's a way, there's a few ways that both the teenagers of these, the teenagers and also the adults of these teenagers receive this information and what they do about it. And today I'm going to be talking about the power of difficult conversations. Difficult conversations are often put off, aren't they? Nobody likes to talk about things that may upset someone or that may hinder someone's progress or well-being and you just don't want to have it. However, there's a body of research, both in business, in academics and education, that backs up the need for you to have difficult conversations because without those difficult conversations it can lead to a snowball effect of accepting what is in front of you and of actually never overcoming it there is a study by Cray and Neil that was conducted in 2005 and it's called speaking truth to power the effect of candid feedback on decision making it focuses on the impact of providing candid feedback during decision making and explores how giving honest and direct feedback affects decision making outcomes. This study really spoke to me, especially in the work I do with teenagers and trying to help them motivate them. So there were four, sorry, three key findings in this study. There was the first finding, which outlined positive influence of candid feedback. The research suggests that providing candid feedback positively influences decision making. When decision makers receive honest and direct feedback, they can make more informed and effective choices. So if we look at someone who's just got their grades back and they're not very happy If you say to them, oh, that's great, don't worry about it, that isn't honest and direct feedback. What you should say is, okay, how do you feel about that? It's really important that you don't put people down, but it's also important to say, what went on with that grade? What happened in that subject? Talk me through 
what happens so that we can then make informed choices about how to improve your grades moving forward. And this doesn't just apply to grades. It can apply to the world of work. It can apply to relationships. If you're not happy with something, it's important to be honest and direct with the people or the things that are bothering you. Because if you're not, then they escalate and it can have really negative effects. The second key finding of the study is it improved decision quality. So if you provide candid feedback, it can contribute to improved decision quality. Decision makers who receive truthful input are better equipped to consider various perspectives and information, leading to better informed decisions. It's really, really important that we make better informed decisions. One example could be, do you know what? I didn't revise at all for that subject. I am not surprised I got a two. What should I do next? How about I actually talk to someone who knows how to revise or one of my friends who did really well and I just say, hey, what did you do? Can I come and see how you study and can I study with you? I just want to get better. If you are honest with yourself and honest about your prospects based on a decision, then you're more likely to sit down and really reflect on it. The third thing that the study by Cray and Neil found was that challenges in delivering candid feedback, that despite the positive effects, the study does acknowledge challenges in delivering candid feedback, especially when it involves difficult or sensitive topics. And there may be resistance or discomfort in providing such feedback. And I would say that this is probably the case when dealing with either your own child because they are at home and they may argue with you or if you are an educator and you are talking to a parent who is not necessarily the biggest fan of the school system rightly so but then will target their annoyance and frustrations back at you rather than having a good conversation about what they can all do together. The art of conversation is very tricky and it's unfortunately dying. You can just see everywhere people are texting, people being involved in social media and actual conversations are just not happening as much as they used to. People are taking their kids out to restaurants and putting them on an iPad. And I do understand the need for that because I have done it before when my little girl was very small um, and she was a little bit overstimulated and needed to sit down. And there is a place for it. But if you constantly get your child to sit in front of a screen or you do not have conversations with your children and your teenagers, do not expect them to be good at communicating with you. Just don't. And here are some ways that you can actually improve communication at home and other, and also if you're an educator, just some easy ways to produce and have good communication with parents. So the first thing I would do if I was a parent, and I am a parent, uh, trying to improve communication skills with my child, or your child, you with your child, um, would be 
to play games. Games are a great way to communicate, to problem solve, to do loads of different things that otherwise you would not necessarily talk about. It could be like um, Dungeons and Dragons style where you take on characters, or it could just be Scrabble or, you know, one of the classics like that. But having communication and if someone's cheating, like how do you deal with that? Because ultimately, these kind of situations do build good and really reinforce good communication skills. You're having to do eye contact, like all the basic stuff that sometimes children lack and teenagers definitely lack because of a multitude of things, not just screen time, but also COVID and a lack of um, in-person communication experiences. If you get past the gaming stage uh, where you communicate, having dinner together every night is really challenging for a lot of families because of different work schedules and also eating different food and that kind of thing. But if you can manage it even just once a week, there's been countless studies that have proven that by sitting down as a family and discussing things, um, however your family looks, it really does help to improve vocabulary, communication, and also, well, just a whole bunch of other things as well as good eating habits for younger children. So sitting together, definitely playing games, easy. Um, And the other thing is going for walks. Uh, Not every teenager wants to go for a walk. Uh, If you've got a dog, that helps things. But getting outside is really, really helpful. Noticing changes the environment, around you just having those lovely conversations will really really help you to broach different topics and I'm sure many parents can relate to this but just having a chat in the car with your child can also be really a really good time to get honest conversations happening because there isn't the pressure of eye contact going on in the car. If you're an educator and you have a very difficult teenager or you have a difficult parent You've got to be honest and upfront. So what I like to do is I like to, if I have any kind of issues, like a parent is not happy with their child's results or if they're concerned about behaviour, you just quite clearly set out an agenda for the meeting and you stick to that agenda. And by setting the parameters of the agenda, you are explaining what's expected and you have a point to communicate from and you just literally tick through them and go through them if the meeting goes off course you can just steer it back to your agenda and it also helps with time management and it helps to be more direct and honest you should be honest to parents about their children that includes the behavior that you see from them and it does include their grades and if they are not doing well you need to explain to the parents that they are not doing well they haven't been doing well look at the data of how like historically they have not done well or they have done well and then look at what you can do to support that child in your classes or support the parents to help the child it's really really easy to have conversations and to overcome all of these issues which can otherwise flare up to become really difficult problems Hopefully today's episode has been helpful. If you're wondering how to talk to your teenager, you can get in touch, but I would honestly just start with, especially if they've got their grades, how did you get on? How do you feel these went? Rather than getting upset, angry, confused, anything like that. Until next time, have a lovely week. 